looking in the mirror because the person in the mirror is the person that's going to make the biggest change. Stop turning, looking at the TV. The TV, there's nobody there that's going to do anything. Look in that mirror and think about what you can do. You aren't ever going to be able to change Donald Trump. But you can damn sure change yourself. That's so, very uh, true. You can change yourself, and that's the beauty of life. All right. Welcome back to the Hunger for Knowledge podcast. As always, want to thank you for coming and spending just a little bit more time with us. Uh, if you've noticed that we've been changing up the music in the beginning, that's because uh, I convinced Rob to let me play some of my beats, you know, before before we get into our our conversations. Yeah, I mean, I used to make a lot of beats. I used to, I used to love doing that. And then I had kids, and then it was like, you don't have time to make beats. <laughs> I hardly have time to write lyrics anymore. <laughs> like, but, no, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird thing. It's like, oh man, I was a whole different person before May twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen. May 25th rolled around. I was like, oh, no more beats out of me. But if you like them, you know, I got music. We got links down there if you want to check them out. Check them out. Let me know what you think. I think I'm a pretty good rapper. You might think I'm trash. So if so, let me know, and then we can discuss <laughs> We can discuss this. Tonight, uh, when I have a, I have a talk about, you know, just how how divided we seem to be in this country over the issue of Trump and how it's kind of, I think everybody sees it now, whether you're conservative or liberal, that the coverage of Trump is so like enormous. Like you, you see it everywhere all the time. It's just kind of, I don't know if it's a race the idea in in some people's heads that there are things going on in the world that are probably far more significant than if this guy is paying strippers or nah she's not a strip well she probably stripped at some point in time in her life but she is a porn star she <laughs> she's like an old school porn star or something she's <laughs> she's probably using this wave to like. She's, I think they said she started doing porn again. Yeah, I mean that would be the smart thing. Get yeah. back, you know, get back into it while your name is hot. People be looking it up. Yeah, Trump. I'm sure that that porn exists somewhere. Yeah. Trump doing stormy nights with Donald. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure that's somewhere. If not, you should use it. You shoot yourself up a nice video. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Rob, I know that this has really been bothering you lately. So, so what you've been thinking about it? Yeah, I just been uh, like kind of getting annoyed with what I observe from people around me, and unfortunately, too much social media and things like that. And it just amazes me that um, you know, we sit there and we so worried about the Trump and Russia and all this stuff and. And and things just go by in a week and I hear statistics and I hear things that happen and I'm just my mind gets blown by these things. But I don't hear anybody else really talking about it. Last week we had a bombing in Yemen. Sixty people died. 
or I'm sorry, 53 people died and 60 were injured. I think I have that right. And um, and when, and the, the weapons were sold to them by the U.S. You know, and I mean, we're, I mean, we're partly responsible for that. A year ago, Trump. I don't know if it was a year ago, but That's it was fake news. That's yeah, fake news. Last year, he he sold um, he sold Saudi Arabia three hundred million dollars. Yeah, $300 million worth of weapons. You know, Saudi Arabia is one of the most corrupt and terroristic countries in the world. And we're selling weapons to them. It's like they're they're our little, like, military, like our, our, like, uh, mercenaries or something. And we just kind of send them out to do things. But, I mean, we had, like, 50,000 kids or 50,000 people die from famine in Yemen last year. You know, and I'm probably not saying that word, the name of the country, correct? No, but I thought it's that the was. Point. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, pretty good pronunciation. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah, Yemen. I don't know where that where you got to put the emphasis in, but uh, I don't know. But and then the other thing I saw was uh, well, Chicago. We had I think it was either two weekends ago or three. There was 63 people injured, shot in Chicago in one weekend. And we just, that's in our own country. We're not even talking about it. You know, we're so focused on, on the, the thing that I believe is just like one of the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest distractions ever. You know, I, I believe, I don't believe that the, the president has voted and I, I'm a believer of he's chosen. And that sounds weird because Trump won, right? But if you really think about it, the, the, the element of distraction they get from him that they can just divide us so much. It's unbelievable. It's more than they could get over get out of Clinton. And the amount of corruption the Clintons had compared to what Trump has done is overwhelming. I mean, I think when you're in that camp that thinks that, you know, pretty much I've never seen an American president that I trusted because I don't understand the totality of what he is to me it always seemed like really he was like an actor the american presidency has always looked to me like the most prestigious acting job on the face of the planet because uh you know you're kind of given a script because people are writing your speeches you know and you're pretty much just the mouthpiece for uh, a group of people uh, who are making different uh, laws and, and you know uh, you know passing certain bills and things like that yeah. like that's you know you're you're like the mouth like you come out and you say we've decided that we're going to nuke this country you know yeah you come mm-hmm. out and say that. But really, how do you have to be the brains of the operation to come out and say that? I don't think so. I really, I just think that really you're, you're, you are the image. You know, the American president is the image of an entire government that kind of needs a face from time to time. You know, it was, it was opportunistic probably to have Barack Obama as yeah. the president at a particular time 
to there's always a reason for to it. show that change was happening yeah. and that there's oh there ain't no change happening. Like look at look at look at Chicago, like like we were just talking about. Where he's from. You know what I mean? Like yeah. look at Chicago. Yeah, it's the he's from, yep. He was a Ch- senator. Ch- you know what I mean? Like, you don't think if you came from somewhere you're like, look, we gotta do. I don't know what what you gotta do, but we gotta end yeah. this. Where where I'm from, you I'm gotta the, end this. I'm now the president. I'm the president. I, I want to go in there listen, and do something. If I wanted to go to space right now, I could do it. Right. If I wanted to launch missiles at a country clear across the earth, I could do it. But somehow, South Side of Chicago is a little bit too tough for me yeah. to figure out why people are dying. All the all the generals and in, in, in the huge massive military budget we have and then we pay we can't figure out a way to remedy a problem. Uh, it's just it, it's so mind boggling to me that now I'm just like I don't how much control do you really have as the Amer- as the American president? I don't really like, I don't know. I don't really think that you really have as much say over things than what is perceived. I mean, it's it, like you said, it's it's an acting job that you're getting very, paid very handsomely for. And not only that, when you leave, you continue to get paid for, you know, and like the 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 uh, tax bill they passed. Well, it's very favorable to real estate people. Well, what's Donald Trump? He's a real estate person. When he leaves, he's going to, you know, when he leaves the, the presidency, he's going to make even more money because of the tax bill they passed. Of course, you know if the pa- if that tax bill holds up, who knows? You know, but if it does, that's why. You know, to me, I I see the distractions, but I don't really pay it much mind because now I've seen, like, I know what it is. I'm yeah. like, okay, this is some sort of show for people to watch. Yeah, he's a show for people to watch. They watch him. And they get divided on him. So, you know, so if you see a little bit of yourself in him, well, the, you know, Donald's the guy. He's going to take us into the new times. Yeah. He's going to. And really, they hooked like conspiracy theorist people. Oh, yeah. They hooked a lot of conspiracy theorist people. With, definitely with him, like, you know, having like uh, an endorsement from like Alex Jones and stuff yep. like it, you know, there was a lot of conspiracy theorists who was like, he's the president who's going to turn this thing around because he's outside of the system and he doesn't care about those rats in, in D.C. And all. Like, I heard all of that and I was like, that man cares about money over all things. Yeah. And that the person who cares about money over all things can never be the person who can change the world because no. you have to care about people and living things. In order to change the world the way that I think we all want to see it change. Well, I think uh, to me it was like, like I said, I don't believe in voting, but it was like this would be the last <laughs> person. Like I didn't vote, and neither did I. But I guess I'm an irresponsible, yeah, I um, mean, citizen, right? As we sit here and try and you know do the best we can to continue to hopefully further everything but that, i just can't ever get with I, I the only reason i couldn't get with it is because it's like you want me to believe that me voting for a person is uh somehow enacts 
real change in the world. That's a rather lazy thing. Well, for to me, think, yeah, for for it, it was mm-hmm. like, I mean, like, it's like you're looking, you're looking at two people, and you're just you, your way of determining who you want to vote for is who's less evil. There's a problem with, and that. it's not even it's not even things like that. Sometimes you know what I mean. Like it could be, oh, I like that he has a mustache. Oh, I like yeah. that he's a black dude. I like that he's a white guy. I like that he's not a woman. It could be a long list of things that really is the reason why you vote for a person. And I think the political aspect, I don't think people are, I I know that there are people who are far more uh, well-versed on uh, policy, government policy and politics and things. I'm sure of that. But I don't think that the average person is really that well-versed no. in the political system to actually make a, a logically informed um, decision. So, it, like all things, it probably reverts back into tribalism. And you voting yeah. for the person who will most likely make your life a little bit better. I mean, I, you can say a lot about conspiracy theorists, but one thing you do know they do is they do research. Conspiracy. I know. I was a researcher, yeah, man. Like you I was do a, research. The, that was the only reason why I, I even became. I think what people would call a conspiracy right. theorist. I I think in reality, to some degree, all people are conspiracy theorists because in a world where things are shadowy and hidden and things, and you have to go and look for answers. All anybody can do in this world is theorize about the ways that certain people conspire in order to make the world what it is. And I think anybody who like objectively looks at the world, you have to be doing that. I think you, that, like, you have to. I think there's a lot of people that have blinders on. I think that uh, it's unfortunate. I just think I, I think there's a lot of people with blinders on and, and part of and they don't do research and they don't they don't think they just you know they're not thinking about what they're doing they're not thinking about their you know their their actions they're taking and i think a lot of people just kind of are going through and there's like okay well you know we know fox is republican we know cnn is is democrat and i'm a democrat so i'm gonna listen i'm gonna listen to what cnn says and what they say is truth and what Fox says is I'm a Republican is truth. Yeah. When the reality is, if you do more research, you realize it's both bogus. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you look at if you go back, which, you know, part of the greatest part of the Internet now and in YouTube and stuff, you could find if you took the transcripts from the last four presidents on immigration policy and you read them and you didn't hear anybody speak, you just read the transcripts. You could not tell you could not pick who which president said which speech see how can you trust anything that comes out of that person's mouth if they're telling you that these words are not their own yeah it's like you're some you're you you really aren't even that person you're i mean everybody knows what it's like to see a president when they're uh extemporaneous or or when they're talking you know just from the hip you know like they're just you know it's just it's them and not a rehearsed scripted situation like everybody knows it's like to see a president when you know like that but how did that person 
how do you know that that person is really uh, as important in the entire situation? As, like, what's more important, him talking freely or the words that he's saying that have been scripted in for him? So, so the question, do you think when he tweets, you think that's scripted? For some, for somebody like Trump, no. I don't think he's just talking. I think, I think there's a part of me that suspects that he might have people writing these things for him. But then I'm like, this sounds really like, like him, you know, it sounds like, you're like me. You can argue it from both ways. Yeah. It (laughs) sounds like, it sounds like him. Like he, you know, just, just the way he, there's a certain nastiness that comes out of yeah. his, like he's just like, I'm this way, and you do, you can't change me, and I'm just like, it's so childish, it's it's entertainment at I feel the highest level, it's the highest level of entertainment, it's the entertainment that takes the uh, attention of the masses, and. It's, uh, it, I, you know, you can say it's unprecedented, but we don't really know what's gone on in the past. Like we don't really, we, us not being there and it not being as well documented, you don't know really what was going on inside of people's elections and the kinds of things that were going on. It's probably always been a game for criminals. I mean, the thing about Obama was he was such a good speaker. Yeah. He was very, like, very diplomatic, very, just very smooth. Like, I always thought he was a great speaker. You he know? is. He has great oratory skills. Yeah, yeah. Great. Right. And I'm pretty sure, most likely, that that was, um, he was, he was, that didn't come out of nowhere. Right. That way, he, there was a grooming process yeah. to create yeah. that man. Just as I feel like there's certain grooming processes probably for any American president because you have to. You have to convey certain things as the American president. Right. So those things that you don't have natural probably have to be somebody has to put them into you. Well, it, like you said, is is it scripted or not scripted? So with the type of presidency that we have, right, where a lot of people probably voted for him that are more that want to kind of see that maybe he's playing into that more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's probably why you're probably right. It probably is scripted, and he's playing into that. He's playing into his people or whatever you want to say and, and to his crowd, I guess. And that's why he's talking that way. But I really think that's more – I think he's just – I just think that's how he is. I think the things he says sometimes, it's just kind of – it may not be every all his words, but it's a glimpse, you know? Yeah. It's, there's some small truths in it, you know? Yeah, I mean – He's he's an easily uh, it's it's so easy to become divided yeah. on so many things about him. There's just so many things about him. Like there's there's the aspect of him having or you know him having money before. Even though I think it's kind of out there that it was he, it it never really was what it looked like. You know it, it was you know. It was never really, he never really had as much money as people suspected he did. And I think that. Well, he has family money, right? He, he came fa- from family he, that, money. He came from family money, but he himself always uh, inflated his worth 
He's got a big ego. He's sure. got a great big ego, and he, you know, he went on this kind of. Uh, his brand is, this is Trump. This right. is prestigious. And uh, do you, you ever know, go to the um, the Trump? Uh, what is that called? I can't remember. The Trump, Trump Plaza, Plaza yeah, in New Jersey, yeah, yeah. In Atlantic City. Yeah, I've been there. That's kind of like I'm sure when that was new, is like real like. I could see his personality there, you know. I think that place went bankrupt a it couple did. Of times. It did. He he sold it off. Yeah, so it's like I think he's he showed the way that America is kind of going with who it picks that it can become a popularity contest. It can become a situation where it's like, oh well, we want this person because they're the most visible. Yeah, and that's you know the the weird part about even saying that though is is that we're not even sure, like we said earlier, if it's a selection process, yeah, or if it is something that is genuinely uh, democratic and uh, something that is really just the will of the people. Because who knows in reality? No, nobody knows. People say, I know a person could say that that's rather that that seems kind of like kind of like. I don't even know how to put it. Um, it's very. Spe- I mean, we're speculating. We're it's it is speculate. It, it is it is a speculation, but at the same time, like it almost I mean, kind of seems kind of nervous and kind of like paranoid. Uh, paranoid. There we go. That's the word. I know it might sound like a paranoid place. There's, if you're living in the same world I'm living in, there are things going on at all times that in time you may learn. And be like, what? Like, that was going on? Like, you know, so... I mean, I... I, t- I just... I, I mean, you know what? And the other thing I, I heard last week that's kind of crazy. Since the Stormy Daniels thing happened, they covered the Stormy Daniels thing 455 times. You know how many times they covered the stuff that happens in your men every day? Zero. No, because that don't matter to people. That's it's, crazy, though. Like this, it, it's it, nuts, it, but at the same time, it is the reality here. The rea- the reality here is, is that we're a particular people. We've been, we're we Trump we, equals ratings. That's reality. Trump is ratings. Um, Stormy Daniels is ratings. Uh, somehow, it makes me sad. Honestly, it makes me it makes me in, I guess, sad and embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by it. I get that too. I I, you know? I I always feel a sense of embarrassment when th- just just to think that somebody believes that this is what this is what they think of the American people. Yeah. Like they think yeah. that the, this like all right Americans, you don't really want to know what's going on in right. the world. But I do know you want to see if this girl <laughs> did a bunch of stuff to the president. So that you can sit and fantasize about what was going on with Donald and Stormy, like it's it's a really weird it's 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 a particular culture. Like there's a certain culture in the world that thinks that these things really are the most important things, and they're playing to those people. And I think that's how you make people who actually want to engage in you know some kind of dialogue that has to do 
with something outside of what you've seen on the news or on television. Yeah. Now you get to make that person into a weirdo. Yeah. Because now <laughs> now yeah. you're weird because why aren't you tuned into it like the rest of us? You didn't hear what happened to Trump's yeah. lawyer. You didn't yeah. you didn't know that his daughter her clothing line went bankrupt like you don't you don't know these things like and it's like but the, how there's does, so much more in the world how does that yeah exactly how does that affect i mean that doesn't change your life in any way no in it a has positive in a positive way it's not going to change my life in any way it has no real bearing on my life that's nonsense so the things that have no real bearing on my life i figure are things that i shouldn't give that much attention but there seems to be um, uh, a certain type of person in the world, or, or and specifically in the country, who pretty much is the product of like television programming. Yeah, that's what Michael Keith always used to say to me, man. He always say he said it's programming. <laughs> Right. It's oh no, he's, he's still he don't, programming your he mind. He still says that. He still says he said, that. You know, that's because it's true. Yeah. It's a real thing. Like it's you can program a human being to think certain things mean more than other things that may be actually way less important to their life. You know, they just they constantly keep saying the same thing over and over and over and you I can't imagine listening to that. Yeah. Like it's got to affect you at some point where you get to the point where even if it's not true, you're going to believe it and you're just going to, you know, that's the programming to me. When he says that, that's what I think of. I know that I am a victim of the programming, but at at the same time, I I think that I've always tried to balance that out, always being kind of just on the outside. You know, I, I know what it's like to be on the outside and be looking at what large groups of people are doing and and be like that's not where i'm supposed to be at yeah. today and uh you know i think in my life i've i've paid severely certain at certain uh times because of that i was i was just with my family the other day and i was in a particular like i was in a very interesting mood <laughs> yeah. i was in a very like like I was in the mood where it was like I'm gonna I'm gonna say like a hundred percent of what's in my head actually like I'm I usually tune that back I only say like twenty five percent of what when, I actually when you're in, you're talking about when you're around your family yeah when I'm around my family I only really say like twenty five percent of the things no, I actually I'm hundred percent a hundred percent I can't I can't I can't I I used to be able to do it but then I just got I got it would just be weird to be trying to engage people who I could tell didn't want it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, and it wasn't because I was trying to, it wasn't even, I wasn't trying to be mean or nasty or nothing, but sometimes people who are a little bit too much in kind of a sheltered position, they don't, they cannot hear what somebody is saying from a different perspective. Yeah. And, and to me, you know, I'm always trying to fight that in myself. Whenever I feel like I've put somebody outside of my ability to sympathize with, I know that that's, you know, danger, danger comes up. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, that's not really what you're supposed to be doing because you accuse people of doing that 
in your life. Yeah, you're holding yourself accountable. Yeah, you know, I wanna you know, I don't wanna be that person That's because good. in reality nothing good comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Growth comes from first of all being able to grow with somebody, you mm-hmm. know. And in this element that we live in, it's hard to have real conversations about things. There's certain things people don't want to even touch because they uh, are deeply uh, emotionally involved. I definitely think that we do ourselves a great disservice by being afraid to have these conversations simply because somebody might feel strongly about uh, their particular side of, 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 of a particular topic. I think um, like when I have those conversations with my family, I think sometimes it's hard. They have a hard time. Like they'll listen. We'll have conversations about it and they respect my opinion, but it's also hard for them to kind of deal with the reality of what I'm saying. You know, if they find any, if they can see any truth in what I'm saying, they kind of like they kind of pull back because they it's starting to yeah, sink in. Yeah, that's a and weird it's, thing. And it's hard for them. It's it's almost like oh my gosh, oh no, uh, you know. I, I don't believe what I'm saying is negative things. Like a lot of people look at may look at what I say and say that's a like I'm bringing up negative points. It's not really. I don't look at it as negative. I look at it as reality. It's the reality of the situation. That's how I look at it. You know, anytime that I've said anything to my parents or my family at all about things like religion i never said those things to try to inflate my ego i was Mm. only saying those things because i felt like hey i learned some things i studied some things that maybe you didn't have a chance to study in your life Mm. So I'm going to try to bring you that information, not because I want to hurt your feelings, not because I want to strip you of your faith, but because I genuinely care about you and I would like to educate you to something. It's interesting to try to teach things to older people because sometimes older people are so caught in the idea that I'm older and you're younger, so you have nothing to teach me. And I'm just like, what? Like, where did you learn that? Like, my kids prove to me every day that I learn it. This is a two way thing. When I, it's not just them, them learning things from me. I'm learning things about usually myself from my kids. Like, I'm, I'm learning, hey, what was it like when you had a little less shittier of an outlook? on life you know what i mean like i watch like my son and i'll see you know he wants to do stuff in spite of people because people are telling him not to do things and he's like i don't care yeah that you don't want me to do this like i don't care and and while you know from one standpoint they're like well you you need to nip it in the bud and you need to like you need to get that straight it's like Yes, I do have to give him some sense of restraint. But at the same time, that inclination to be original and to do the things that you actually want to do, that's something that I think gets beaten into the ground in most people's life. 
I think you're right. Like it just gets stomped out of you, and then one day you're like, uh, you know what? I don't. I'm not going to do anything I want to do. I'm just going to do what maybe like my wife wants me to do, or maybe what my job wants me to do. No, no original ideas anymore. That's and you, that is a certain type of death to me. They go to school. How many, you know, how many hours they spend in a, in a growing up in high, you know, elementary school to high school, and they're they if they would have any kind of idea other than what that you know is in the history book or you know whatever their learning tool they're using, they're told no, that's that's not true, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're constantly told that if they have any kind of alternative thinking or any kind of alternative method of doing things that if it doesn't fall in line with the way they the way the, the school or whoever is telling them that they, they're told that that does that's not the right way to do it well maybe there's just a different maybe kids think differently you know it's, every do. kid is different like my son i think for sure he he's not gonna he's not gonna grow up to be a, a mathematician but that is thing. You know what? He seems to be more mu- musically inclined than I ever was, or probably ever will be. You know, so maybe that's his thing. But he just doesn't do. You know, like I don't like the way the school like you, you, everybody takes the same classes. We don't care about your strength. We're not going to build on your strengths. We're just going to. It's just everybody takes the same thing. If you're bad at math, oh well. You, you we're going to put you in math, and if you fail, you fail. Tough beans. I can imagine being, you know, well, I can imagine being 13 at some point, but a long time ago. And, like, that affects kids' confidence. You know what I mean? Like, like do you think, what if they just don't get math? Do you think that the public school system is trying to turn out people who pretty much they can make part of their, like, the military industrial complex? Oh, yeah. Because if you really think about it, like, I remember hearing about Back in my conspiracy, deep in my conspiracy days, deep deep in my conspiracy days, I remember coming across the idea that this educational system, which is the public educational system, was something that came out of Prussia, like the Prussian Empire, when uh, they had gone to war and then they couldn't get enough people to actually go to war because they'd be like hey we got war and they'd be like ah later for that i'm not going to war (laughs) and then they were like all right we need to create a school system that can create people who can become soldiers this was a it was one of those things that i learned and it, it stuck with me um you know definitely because there was a time in my life where i was like in king of prussia like every day like it was ridiculous and like i'd always be saying it's like why is there a place called king of prussia in the united states what like why why is why is that a thing like why like how does that make sense there's king of prussia in the united states now and i guess there's a whole bunch of other things that come from different countries you know lebanon New uh, Holland, New Holland, uh, all of <laughs> we'll these places. The old of course, <laughs> New New England, of course, all these places come from that. But it's like King of Prussia. That's really, that's really like I don't know of any other. Is there another place in in the United States that's named after a king of something? I'm not that I'm aware of. I'm not I'm aware sure. of it. It could be. It could, could be. be. But any anyway, just being in King of Prussia a lot. 
made me that it would it, it never let me forget it. It never let me forget that little tidbit of information that yeah. I had gotten about hey, this educational system is kind of like an empirical educational system that is trying to turn out a certain type of person who, when asked to go to war, there's enough people to do it. I think that's part of it, but I also am a believer that the the educational system is just putting just they just put a dollar sign above each kid's head. And that's really, it's about greed and it's about money, you know, and that's me. It's a whole, yeah, I guess it's, it, all, it's a whole collage. And, yeah. but it is part of, it is part of the, they want a, a certain amount of people to be soldiers. I mean, think about it being 18 years old and you're, you can't drink yet, right? Legal limits 21. You yeah. can't drink yet, but you can make the decision to go and be on a, in a war in some place in the middle of who knows where Afghanistan or something by the time you're 19 you're there and you're fighting for you don't even know what and that we're allowing these kids to make these young people to make that decision to do that and and they have no clue what they're signing up for you know like we talked about before imagine having an awakening like a conspiracy like a deep conspiracy awakening while you're at war and thinking what the hell did I just do? Most of the people who I've ever talked to who've been to war come back and usually become some kind of conspiracy theorist type person yeah. because they're like, I need an explanation for why I just went through what I went through. Yeah. Like, I, it's it's going to war has to be one of the most traumatic things that anybody can experience in life. Definitely to be in, like, active duty, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. to be out on some front lines. Just earlier, I was talking to somebody, and um, I, I guess I don't know if it's on HBO or something. I saw something about how, like, the Browns, like, the Cleveland Browns, like, they're having, like, their training camp or something recorded. And there's some offensive... Oh, hard knocks. Is that what it is? Yeah, hard knocks. And there's yeah. some offensive line coach on there. I don't know his name, but he was, like, saying to him, he was like, like, I guess people were, like, trying to stretch. Uh-huh. And he was like, he was like, you think they were trying to stretch on the beaches of Normandy? Like, <laughs> he's like, you know, the world, United States won two world wars. You think anybody yeah. stretched, you know? Like, and it made me start thinking about normandy and i was like how many people were like trying to hide in the boat yeah like how many people That's like got in the situation and was like i'm not really rushing this right. beach you know what i mean like yeah. but i mean can you imagine that moment when you're like in like the you didn't see some people go up the hill and people got mowed down and you're like i gotta go up that hill I, first of all if you live through that you're the tr- the amount of trauma that is going through you've gone through first of all you're living at a time where people probably aren't even going to like talk about it at all you know what i mean they're just gonna be like oh it, it, that's just that's just how that's just how it's supposed to be that's war if you think about um i was looking at something and they were talking about um epigenetics or the ability for a person you never heard of epigenetics no. it's it's a it's something that I really didn't know much about until rather recently. Because they were talking about how your how trauma has the ability to be transferred through genetics. Uh, yeah, now that you say that, I, 
I remember you know somebody, something like it. Yeah. I know somebody talking about it, but they didn't use that word yeah. for it. Yeah, but it you know this 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 concept of inhe- inherited trauma mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, through genetics, and the other part that I've always thought about is is maybe doesn't even always have to be all genetic. It can be in the culture of your family. Like, let's say that there's a trauma that happened in some war. Think about how many wars people have been fighting in over the years. Think about all if, the fact that if most of that goes unchecked, there's this like this accumulated accumulated trauma that is like so deep and yeah. old that like it. it kind of makes sense when you look at these times when you look at like i know in many people's minds yes it is one of the safest times to be alive but at the same time in this country yes yes. but for some people somewhere that all they know is war yes all all their parents some places like chicago all they know is war and people aren't prepared to deal with the idea that something like that can happen in the united states and I, to me, it's just ugh, that whole that whole Chicago situation to me, not even just Chicago, because yeah. it's like Chicago is like the poster child. But yeah. that's happening to Saint, smaller degrees. St. Louis in all kinds of places, Detroit, Los Angeles, Baltimore. Yeah. All these places. Murder, places in California. Murder yeah. capitals. Ugh. D.C. where they. Do make all their laws and regulations right outside of there. <laughs> I remember when Reading was like a murder capital. It's still, it's still up there. It's like, oh, of course, of course, there are things yes. going on way worse in some other places. Absolutely, we still have slavery in Libya. Yeah, so it's like there are things going on in the world. We shouldn't really try to compare how bad things are elsewhere. To how bad they are here because regardless of how bad it is, you still have to deal with it. You can't just be like, oh, well, we're going to just let these places in the inner city just rot. You're right. You can't just compare it. But I I believe that if we allow it to continue, there'll be a point where we can't help those places. You know what I mean? Like we have to we have to fix what's going on here. Because the stronger we are here, the better off we can help other places. Yeah. And if we truly fix what's wrong here, not just fake fix what's wrong here. You the know? sad part is, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know if we're ready to have those. Like, matter of fact, I do know that we're, no, not, ready we're not ready to have those conversations. We can't have them. When I look at things like, um, I, I remember. I was writing a chapter of this book that I've been trying to put together for a thousand years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wrote this chapter about how <clears throat> America is sort of like uh, a mansion. And, you know, there's there's all kinds of, you know, people who work in the mansion. And the mansion looks very when you walk through the corridors and it's like really like pristine and things but then there's like these rooms that like no like people aren't supposed to go in and in those rooms is some of the nastiest filthiest just disgusting things that have ever been (laughs) 
introduced to the world. Yeah. And, you know, some people, I remember, <laughs> I remember saying, like, some people walk past the room like it doesn't exist. Some people go into the room and they, you're changed forever once you start to look into that room mm-hmm. of, okay, well, wh- what's the dirty side of what's going on here? Because it looks better than most places in the world. It's It has this, you know, that's probably my internationalism talking or something. Yeah. like. But it, it, it has this, this image of being the shining light of the world. I think... You know, when you talk about poverty, to be a person of poverty in the United States is probably a, a hundred times better than being a, pov- a person of poverty in Haiti. Yeah. You know, but that still doesn't make that still doesn't make it okay that we allow the things to go on in this country, because really there should be nobody in poverty in this country. Nobody that doesn't want to be poor should be, you know. I shouldn't say it that way, but doesn't want to be poor. Yeah, yeah exactly. But there, you know, when it comes to homeless, there's some people that are just. It doesn't matter how hard we help them, or what we do for them, they're gonna be homeless. You know what I mean? Like it's a small percentage, but it's just that's just the reality of the situation. But anybody that doesn't want to is trying and is struggling. There's no reason there should be a struggle. There, there's no excuse for it. It doesn't make sense to be the shining light of the world yeah. and they have people in your streets right who uh can't eat can't find some place to live that it, doesn't make it's not consistent so it i mean that it almost makes you think being a person who lives here being a, uh, a citizen you know so was that just bullshit the whole time was it were you just make was that just some nationalism was that just some propaganda hey we're better than the rest of the world. When you just, when you say it plainly like that, it clearly sounds like bullshit. Because you're like, but <laughs> and the other side of that too is how many of those places that are that are struggling far worse than us that we have an active part in making them that way. You know, yeah. take Libya, like I was saying earlier. They they actually have people being sold in the slave trade, and that happened after we went in and took out uh, Gaddafi. You know, Gaddafi wasn't the best dude ever, but he was. Uh, Libya was was changing and was becoming better. But we went in and just took him out. You ever you ever see uh, Hillary Clinton talk about when they, the day that she found out they took out Gaddafi and she laughs? It's like kind of creepy. I never saw it. I never it's saw creepy, it. but like she laughs and it's just like like it was like nothing. Like she just was proud of it and like. She just changed the world like it was, you know what I mean? She got she got rid of uh, a supposed tyrant. Yeah. You know? And look where we're at now. I mean, gotten nowhere. We've taken, we've gone back 200 years and we're, we're have slavery going on again. And the fact that we know, like me and you, like we can read the stories about it. They know, any, anybody in the military knows it's been going on for how long. They can't simply just go in and do something about it. You know, they can go and bomb all these places and take care and take out all these people. But we can't just go and like stop that from happening. I don't get it. That, that I don't get. I, I I think it only makes sense when you come at it from the standpoint that 
good works is not necessarily what this is about. Yeah. It's not really about good works and more so about advantageous work. What is best for um the pockets of politicians? The corporation. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The corporation, like the that, United yeah. States corporate man. That's uh, the corporate that's, welfare is what took me back for. to the conspiracy. Theory. Well, yeah, I'm telling you, you know. I'm telling you, every day a conspiracy theories, a, a person that came up with a conspiracy theory that's been talking about for like 20 years, it gets proven right. One hat, one hat, probably more than one a day happens where it gets proven right. Look at you, remember Masano or yeah, Monsanto? Mon- Monsanto, yeah, yeah, you know, like all the terrible. Oh, no, they're not doing anything bad. They just got uh, last that was either this week or last week. A guy won a lawsuit against them for three hundred and like twenty million dollars. That over the cereal? No, that's over like uh, they spray pesticides. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He was one of the guys that sprayed the pesticides. Oh, you see the pictures no, of his back? That. Oh my god, it was horrible. He won three hundred twenty million dollars because of the pesticide would cause cancer in him. Right? Oh, how many years have you heard that? But everybody's like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Masana, they don't cause cancer. No, you're crazy. But yeah, here we are. Yeah, I mean, that's, people just, they just waved it off. And just yep. acted like the guy's it's crazy. Not. Paranoid. And it's like, no, like, I feel like when you listen to the people, the people will tell you the truth. The yeah. people will tell you. Like, the people will tell you their experiences. You know, you can see the reality in people. Like, I remember seeing something, uh, and they were talking about, and this is here, if you, something that really divides people, the concept of vaccination injury. Yeah. That's something that is really, you know, that's such a divisive oh, thing. Yeah, I've seen sure. people get downright nasty about both sides of that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's something about when you, you know, I remember not too long ago, I I watched a video of a lady and she was talking about like, you know, like I had three sons that were perfectly fine and then they got a shot. And then she said, she said she watched them shut down one after the next. And I, in the, in the period of a day or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like what? And it makes you, it, 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 I think in reality, when you have children, that does become a real question. You know, what, what is, what are these people putting inside of my child? That's a, I, 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 you have young kids. Are you vaccinating the kids? As of right now? No. I mean, I've stopped, I stopped vaccinating the, my kids, I don't know, three or four years ago. And I got, I didn't get an argument, but I got in a conversation with somebody one time. She's like, well, what do you mean you don't vaccinate? I was like, well, what do you care? You, your kid's vaccinated? I guess then they won't get sick. Yeah. Only if my yours kids, is, if yours, my don't kids worry are, about mine. Don't worry about it. My kids will be the only one to get sick, I guess. That's on me yeah. if something happens. Just like it's on me if I let my child get a vaccination and then they shut down. If that, if that, if I can't even entertain that idea you know that mean, I would, could be responsible. The amount of studies that have linked vaccinations to autism is astounding, and we're not talking about like, you know, Joe Schmo studies. We're talking about like studies that are done by like Duke University and like places like that that have done studies, and they've linked it. One was one that I can remember off the top of my head that people that got vaccinated were. 40% higher to have certain complications or get sick with certain things 
more than the people that didn't get vaccinated. You know, and I really, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta thank my wife for even making me aware, really, because oh, yeah? in reality, I was. I, so she's she's she doesn't like vaccination. No, either. she's the she was the brainchild of this. Like she oh, was, she, you know, she she came. She my wife's the same way. She she came to me, and, and of course, in re, the reality of it is that there was the societal part of me, like oh well, how how is that even going to work? You know yeah. what I mean? Like how yeah. is that? And then. Uh, you know, but as time went on and, and and she started pointing things out and 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 having me look at things and you know it it just became clear that yeah, uh, people who have a particular disposition, I always say that that's really you know the greatest connection that me and my wife have had is that we have a similar disposition, we have a a similar outlook on life, and we have a similar um, view of. The they, <laughs> the they, you know, we that apparatus in the world that uh, that is the make, they, the, the they that makes the world what it is. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna define the they. At some yeah, point we're gonna have future. that episode. That's gonna, gonna take. That that's episode. gonna be a, a lot of research on that, that one. It is. That's I, take I some... got, listen, I'll, I'll do all the research I need to do. I'll watch uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. They live. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest uh, way. Look, remember that movie uh, that he did with the uh, aliens, and like you put the sunglasses. Yeah, on? that's the one I'm talking about. That's, oh, that's what you're talking about. That's my What's favorite. That that's that's they live. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. they live. Now I didn't. I didn't um, remember when you first said the it. They that yeah. he said they live. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, little Roddy Roddy Piper. Roddy Roddy Piper just man. passed away. Yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> That's a piece of rowdy. Oh, man. <laughs> I got way too many wrestling memories. Well, that's okay. That's weird, though, because uh, when I think about it, I'm like, man, that's, I used to really be in, I remember this one time I went to, I went to, like, the Spectrum. Oh, yeah? To go see, like, WWF before this WWE oh, stuff. Yeah. Before they got sued. I still call them WWF. I, I do, too. I, don't, I, don't I ain't calling know. you WWE. Well, that's kind of like Muhammad Ali and yeah. Cassius Clay. <laughs> but, but no, like, I, back in the day, I remember I went to the Spectrum. Oh, man, I, I went there with my dad, and I had... <laughs> it's so crazy to think about things that are going on at that time. It's like, I I stayed I stayed at my grandmother's house, I remember. Because How old it, were you? I was like, I had to be like six seven okay. maybe something like that i stayed in my grandmother's house with my dad because we were we had to get up in the morning to, to go to this mm-hmm. and uh i remember that morning i took my fish that i'd won at the um at the fair at the fair oh. i had won this fish at the fair and i took it with me like i, t- I had taken it with me i don't know i don't know Die the I next lived. day <laughs> <laughs> but I put it in that water down because this was in Chester, Pennsylvania, and the water—I've always knew that the water there was yeah. horrible. It was just so bad. It stunk, and it's just like. <laughs> and yeah, I woke up that next day, and it, and, and that that fish was dead, and so the day was already it was on a, a downturn yeah. literally and literally in the shitter it was it was bad it was bad already so then i go there and hulk hogan he's wrestling some dude 
And the dude's assistant throws some stuff in Hulk Hogan's face. Yeah. And Hulk loses. And I just lost it. I lost <laughs> it. I was crying my head off. Because I was like, first my fish died. Now I come here. Hulk Hogan's losing because this guy's cheating. <laughs> I was so pissed off. I was, I was so mad. And then they, like, <laughs> then the referee... Like learned what happened, and yeah. he reversed the situation, oh. and then they rose. They raised Hulk Hogan's hand, and that that made the whole day. So they picked okay. it up. Made it okay. Hulk Hogan, man, that's a that's a, that's a Hulk maniac. That's a person who's people are divided on him. He they they kicked him out of Hall of Fame because of all the stuff he was saying about black people and all that stuff. But I all at that whole time I was like, come on now. I don't care what he said. Hulk Hogan has to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. There can't be, you know what I mean? Like, that'd be like if somebody was like, hey, um, well, that's what we heard Wilt Chamberlain said something, and now he can't be in the Hall of Fame anymore. What are you talking about? Well, that's like T.O. in the NFL. Yeah. Come on now. How's yeah. T.O. not in How's the Hall of Fame? He should have been first ballot. There's, everybody should have voted. Every that's single a- person that didn't vote for him today. Had has some kind of grudge against him, People, and they're not voting based on off of off the player. And he never did any. It's not like he was ever arrested. He was always like a he was a good. You know what I mean? Like they can't even say that. Yeah, he said some things. So what? He that guy was incredible. Look I, at his statistics compared to other receivers. They're incredible. I mean, and that's I think that that kind of gets into uh, part of the whole this whole Trump time has a lot also to do with the idea that society is kind of trying to remove certain aspects of life from society you know definitely with things you know like the me too movement and even with things like um black lives matter and all of these advocacy groups that actually i i I don't have a problem like i don't i'm behind many of their causes Mm mm-hmm but I also understand that things can become quickly overzealous. Yes. Things can become become so careful that you breed out the human element of life. And that is that's never that never works well for people. It just doesn't. Because now we have a situation where people can do things that can erase their entire um uh legacy that they you know yeah that you can you can do something you can you can ruin a great legacy in 30 seconds and this is a particular time because all of the people of, of the past never had to live up to this amount of scrutiny you imagine ever. like uh babe ruth yeah. Babe Ruth was alive today playing baseball. He wouldn't be allowed to play baseball, Bron. Because he was I mean, the Ty Cobb was even was ten yeah, times worse. So Ty Cobb here. was like a tyrant, man. That's what people say. They he would be kicked out of baseball. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, but do you think that's a are we evolving to a point where we're that's that's okay because we're we're looking for it, or is it the fact that 
we're just taking things too far. I think we're at a point where we... Which is what you're kind of saying. But. We seem to be going too far with the idea that there is this concept of a good and a bad person. Yeah. That is the craziest, most childish way to look at the world that I've ever seen. Because in reality, we are all these people who... We see bits and pieces of ourselves in the people we despise. Yeah. Trump is the greatest, almost the greatest, like, American ideal of of that concept of there's so much vile about the man that is public that we can't see any worth anymore. Yeah. One thing I always look at is being a person who's in opposition to... I guess the maybe the message of Trump, Trump's vision. I still understand that Trump has said things that people cannot agree with, even if they genuinely agree with it. Like they, um, something like uh, his scrutiny of the media. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's not, there's a lot of people who've always said, "Hey, you know that the media is is." full of shit like there's all kinds of people who've always said that but because it comes out of his mouth you know they can't get with that and that's uh, i mean i don't what the phenomenon of trump is i find even more interesting every day because when it comes to like conspiracy theorists and like some of the people i listen to and like they were people that would be like they didn't believe they thought the, the president was like a puppet kind of like how i feel but like they saw like this glimmer of hope because like you what you're saying like the things they he said you know and he's like oh this might be the guy i think he marketed to conspiracy I, I think you're right because conspiracy theorists is actually a far more important um undercurrent of american uh, society because they come up and say things that other people think but are afraid to say but now, but the thing for me though now is like I find them they've like kind of lost their way, like the people I listen to because they they in, like in what way? Like they're so far down the road that they won't acknowledge. Like they used to like do stories on where they would do stories on Obama that he did something with the banking system, right? Where he he you know uh, one thing Trump did with and so Obama did the same thing, so. Deutsche Bank in in uh, Europe uh, had got a bunch of fines from America because they did this destructive stuff that they should have been people should have went to jail for, but they just pay fines. <laughs> so Trump comes in and says, "You know what? Don't worry, we'll we'll just waive the fines. You don't even have to pay the fines." Obama did the same thing. Like conspiracy theories, people would have been like all over like the people I listen to, like would have been all over Obama. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they don't even bring it up with Trump. No, because it's selective. It's like crazy it's to me. It's all selective. It's all about... That's why I said in the beginning, all of this stuff really gets back to a certain type of tribal, tribalism. Yeah. It's, you it, know, you, yeah. you want to see somebody uh, do better who is going to make your circumstance um, a little bit better. And we have all of these toppings these sugar coatings to what like why we make these decisions 
But the truth of the matter is that at the core of these things, uh, it, it usually is motivated by greed and a person's want to have a, a, a an existence that is a little bit more harmonious. They figure, hey, if if they're if if they're winning, I can't be winning. Yeah. If I'm winning, they can't be. They can't be winning. And it's, it, that's it's that, that's the division. You know, I think I always thought like conspiracy people were like anti-tribalism, but in the reality now, when you see it, it's almost like they're even they're even more in a way, in a strange way. Like I think I've, it fuels it, it can fuel your tribalism. You know, there was a time in my life where um, I learned a lot of different things from people who, in hindsight, I think were definitely uh along the lines of being like black supremacists i learned a lot of things from from just all kinds of people who had the ability to say things that i was a hundred percent against mm-hmm. yet say things also that i was a hundred percent for mm-hmm. and that can when you start to go down those roads and you start to um adopt people's prejudices and things uh you you know you it it's easy to substantiate why you are on top. All groups do it. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a male, whether you're from a certain uh, country, whether you're uh, you know uh, a certain uh, race, you know any way that you can divide people, there 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 will be someone who can devise a story to give you supremacy um definitely i think that that's really evident with like women you know it's it's really evident that men have created this narrative in the world that has put women in the secondary place that's a that's just an obvious thing and it's evident everywhere in the world i mean i'm sure it's not as prevalent in certain places but that's the overall story of the world. The story of the, I mean, even in the Bible, you know, Eve is the reason why men, you know, she she introduced man to uh, his fall from grace. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. In Saudi Arabia, they just allowed women to start driving. They gave yeah. them the privilege to be allowed to drive. They gave now. them a privilege, you know. It's, they don't, they say, they say it's a privilege. And that's what I mean. It's that's like, crazy. That's an, it's a wild thing. I always look at this country. Black people voted before women. That's insane. It's, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Black people voted before women. Well, black men. <laughs> this one guy says, like, I don't know how, you know, um, how the how the women of this culture have continued to stay you know, as loyal as they have, because like they've they've been beaten down, put in this secondary place. I've had this narrative running where men were like over them and stuff like that. Of course, there's gonna be movements for women to uh, to rise. Why why shouldn't there be? Anybody who is oppressed, there will always be somebody to tell the oppressed. However, you're oppressed, or whoever you are, there'll always be somebody there to tell you that you don't have to be in that position. So that's always when people get mad about feminism and things. 
all of these things can be uh, radicalized. Any kind of um, oppressive uh, or an attempt to, to free yourself from oppression, anything can become radicalized. So I think sometimes people want to look at like the extremes of something like feminism or the extremes of like um, kind of like the black liberation movement and you want to look at the extremes and say, well, that's all that it's about. And it's like, no. Just because it may be extreme also doesn't mean that it's devoid of a point. Yeah. You know, it's the reason the, the reason why people feel these kinds of ways is because legitimately people live these kinds of lives. I have a particular perspective as a black man that I don't expect everyone to understand because it's uh, it's a particular perspective it's a it's a it's an experience you know i was just writing something the other day and uh i was thinking about this this situation that happened to me when i was in high school and uh it you know writing about it gave me a certain type of clarity about it you know i think that that's therapeutic for anybody you know, write if you write down certain things, you get to have a, a kind of a different perspective because you're, it's flowing and you're getting to look at it actively. But I remember there was a situation when I was in uh, high school, and um, I wrote this paper, and uh, you know, this this teacher tried to tell me that she thought that I plagiarized. She said it uh, in in front of all the like a class full of people and stuff like that. And to me, you know, I would never plagiarize anything because as I feel like I'm too creative to plagiarize anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't really need someone else's inspiration. Really, I have my own. So, uh, so she said this in front of all these people, and then she said. She said, well, you said it like, you said this sentence like this, but we all know that you would say it like this. And she, like, said it, like, in a bunch of Ebonics and, like, what? slang and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I was a person who really didn't want to really make waves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was I was just trying to get through school. And, you know. and so some, some months went past. And uh, some months where she never proved that I uh, plagiarized anything because it was that was it was just a completely ridiculous idea to begin with. And um, you know, then she, uh, you know, all these months went past, and there was a kid who was in that classroom when that happened, and he said something to my mom about it, and. Um, my mom was like, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, you know, I, there's a lot. I, I tried to explain to her. This was a daily occurrence to me. Not, not necessarily teachers and things like that, but I, I had so many ignorant things said to me, usually in a daily, on a daily basis, that I kind of normalized it. And I couldn't report every single time because I would always be saying something. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. like, um, it was like I can't tell you every time that something like this happens because it's like it's happening all the time, 
And my parents still, to this day, don't really understand that concept. They don't understand the regularity of it. Plus, you're a kid. Yeah. And you even... I didn't want to just be like... Yeah. uh, I didn't want to complicate my life. I didn't want any stress or headache or anything. So, that's just adding your... I was like, these things were normal to me. It was normal for people to say wild stuff to me. Like, it was uh, something that I had kind of gotten used to. But... She ended up saying something to the school, and I remember I went and I had this talk with this, uh, I guess he was like the vice principal or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I went and I talked to him, and he was like, almost kind of like trying to give me this idea. He was like, well, well you should have said something when it happened, and things like that. And I, I tried to explain to him, like, I don't... I. In in reality, I couldn't even explain to him the depth of what was going on. The fact that I had been so, it had become so normalized to me that it was just another day. Yeah. Like, I couldn't really explain that to him because he would really have no ability to comprehend that. Right. So, you know, I ended up talking to, they, they set up the situation where they had put me in the room with this teacher the one that gave you said that you plagiarized. Yeah, yeah. So okay. she's like, she's like, well, we're all right, right? We're good, right? And she's looking at me, and I, but I see in her eye that she knows that she was wrong. Like she, like I knew she knew that she was wrong, but she was almost kind of like, let's please just get past this so you don't like ruin my teaching career, right? Right, and. You know, in hindsight, when I look back on it, I was like, why Why wasn't this something that people, the people around me, right, actually cared about? And I said, and what I said in the paper is, is I learned from that more specifically than any other thing that the good white people who I knew most likely would not defend me from the bad ones. So I was like, I, I guess I don't want to really talk in those kinds of absolutes, good and bad. Yeah. But those who would attack me, um, there weren't there there weren't really all that many people who surrounded me who was like nobody sticking up. Who for would you. say, "Hey, that's wrong that you did yeah. that." You know what I mean? Like there wasn't yeah. really that. And you know, as time went on, I I, I learned. Uh, you know, a lot more about people when I started like going out and drinking with people, you know, you start to hear, start to, you, you get to hear, uh, the more uninhibited parts of them. And yeah. Then, you know, you start to hear yeah. them and what their actual, the know, truth comes out, yeah, right? You start to hear it, you yeah. know? And there was that at that point in time, I hardly drank anything at that point in time. So I was always listening and always picking up on stuff and always just, and, and I realized at some point in time that, um, I didn't grow up with anybody. Definitely. You know, uh, and where I grew up, you know, it's predominantly white kids. I didn't grow up with anybody who didn't have some sort of racial hangup. Like, it was always a, like, I wouldn't, I I don't want to call them outright racist or anything like that. I didn't grow up with anybody who didn't have a racial hangup or who, 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 
I didn't grow up with people who believed that humanity was one thing. I grew up with people who believed that it was a variety of different races and somehow there was this pecking order and they just happened to be at the top. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's what I mean. Like, the depth of the conversation that needs to happen between so many divided people, whether that be a racial or a religious or um, a political or um, a sexist uh, 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 type of situation, those conversations. Um, we have to figure out, I think, as a people, how to get past the uncomfortability of those those uh, conversations. And we have to continue to have them with each other because uh, we're going to just be, you know, just as divided as ever yeah. if we don't. And we live in times that promote divisiveness. Absolutely. They, it, it's It's very... If nothing less, if you don't want to look at it like some kind of conspiracy theory, if nothing less, it is very profitable for the news outlets. And since the news outlets frame our reality, we have to really be mindful of the fact that, hey, they're telling you what you want to hear because they know you want to be entertained. Did you ever hear Project Veritas? No. Uh, there's this guy that basically he he gets people and he takes and he somehow what he did was he took somebody and, and was a younger person and they took a recording advice and they went into like started working for CNN. Hmm. And um, basically what like they let, let the person get in and started getting comfortable with people, you know, and, you know became one of the one of the one of the people you know mm-hmm. and then uh one of the one of the higher not an anchor not a person that was on tv but like one of the editors was having a conversation with them in the in the elevator and it was being recorded and basically that elevator in the conversation was well we don't care what the truth is oh, we man. just know it's on youtube uh you <coughs> probably find it on youtube Basically, the conversation was, we don't care what the truth is. We know what sells. Yeah. yeah. The, the news doesn't care about any of the rushes. They don't care about it. Sells. They care about ratings. I guarantee you, they love Trump. CNN loves Trump. Because I'm sure if you looked at the ratings pre-Trump and look at the ratings after Trump, it's probably substantially higher. I mean, you got to think, with Obama... He was somewhat divisive in the fact that there were people who probably just didn't want him to be the president because he's black. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, he had a Islamic name. First, yeah. He was, uh, you know, there was all, there was that divisiveness. Yep. But that's nothing like the divisiveness uh, of somebody who who can divide people at so many different points. You'd think you like know? Obama would have been more, far more divisive. I, you would I would think, think. You would but think. maybe maybe he was like just the precursor, like he maybe. was the forerunner of what's it going to be like when the president isn't just the president, but he's like a celebrity. Did you ever see the movie Idiocracy? Yeah, yeah. I used to love crazy. that. I used to love that movie. 
I still love that movie. Yeah. I watch it whenever <laughs> I see it on Comedy Central. Yeah, I watch Electrolytes. it. Electrolytes. I I love that. I was actually just thinking about. I was drinking Gatorade earlier, and that made me think about that. I was like, I was uh, like, it's my, got electrolytes in one, it. My one daughter, she's like, she she texts me every once in a while. She'll she'd be like, you remember that movie you made me watch? I was like. When I was, you know, I don't know when that came out, but that was like early two thousands, right, or something. That was yeah. This is a while ago. Now, yeah, there's like a whole like there's like a whole story about like why that movie didn't blow up the way it yeah. was supposed to. Like it, it didn't get like, like there was just like some communication issues with like promotion or something, and oh, like yeah. it didn't get the promotion that it was supposed to. Because I, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is like one of the best movies I ever right, saw. Right. Like. <laughs> 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 I mean, my I mean, my daughter was like, "Where like, did this come from?" Like, I was like, "I didn't remember hearing about this or anything." Like, like ten years later, she's like, "Oh, yeah, oh, you get it now, yeah, it, that's you know? yeah, you get that." The president of the United States, I think he was a wrestler in that. It's Terry he was Cruz, some, right? Yeah, Terry, Terry Crews was like he was like a he was like an ex wrestler or something. Was it a, he was yeah. some kind of sports? Yeah. And people are honestly, we honestly live in times right now where people think the Rock is going to be the president. Like I've heard that many. I've like, heard that. I mean that, which makes sense in a in in, in this world, but it's like. That's well, that's right down the street from that movie. That's like right. that's the course. The course is like, hey. I, like he was on. Uh, what was he on? He was on Ellen or something. I personally like The Rock. I I think I, he's a good dude. I adore The Rock. The Rock is like one of my favorite. I, like, I we were talking about this. Uh, I think last time. Yeah, and he's like, well, you know, if uh, what's the guy he always has the movie? He's always in the movies with the the com- comedian guy. Oh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, he's like, well, Kevin Hart. You know, I'd like him to be vice president. All right, so now we're gonna have Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart be the vice president, president. And, gonna, and you know they would get voted in in a in a popularity in a, contest yes. type of time. Scenario. Yes, I mean this is this is really uh, it's almost kind of good because it's like now it's out in the open that this is a this is about seeing yourself in a candidate, not necessarily even caring about his politics because at the end of the day his politics don't really matter that much like he's gonna continue to do things he's gonna keep being at war he's, you know what I mean? yeah. like he's gonna the war's not gonna stop the war's not gonna stop as long you know he I the just, president comes out and says the state of uh the state of the war so to speak. Like he's just like all right yeah you know i know i didn't start this but we're still over there. Well, we're sending some more people. What he, what he said yesterday or the day before was, uh, you know how a, supposedly Syria um, chemically attacked their own people, so yeah, that's yeah. why they bombed them. Well, he came out yesterday or the day before and tweeted that if a, we're hearing rumblings that that's going to happen again and we will bomb them. And then what he does... What they don't tell you is, is this on Twitter. Yeah, like two two months ago, it, the international coalition or whatever the heck that actually goes in and investigates that situation said that Syria did not use chemical weapons on their own people. So now you're talking about doing it again after a report just came out saying that you bombed them for no reason. And you know what? Maybe maybe the the, the 
the moral of all this is it's going to be business as usual. Yes. They're going to continue to do it. And it's going to take on many faces. It's going to take on all different kinds of faces that are going to appease all different kinds of people. And if you can keep the people in this place where it's like, now, all right, all the people who were high and riding the energy wave of Obama's there and he's a black president and all that stuff, all them people right now, energy-wise, they've gone from a high to a low. And just like those people who thought it was the end of the world when Obama was in, yeah. how dare they put this nasty monkey in the presidency? All them people, now they're happy. Yeah. And if you can keep that fluctuation happening, if you can keep the appeasement of people where there's all... you, What you don't want to do is you don't want to introduce somebody who makes everybody unhappy. Right. Just get somebody in there <laughs> right, who right. can make some people really happy right. and some people extremely uncomfortable and um, almost sensationalize. Uh, if you can sensationalize it, you now you've created well the media's dream. Well, not only that, you don't want to com- uh, create unity between the people. Heaven forbid. Well, no. Because but- now they're pointing the fingers... Like you said, if you have them that they don't like, both sides don't like the person in charge. Yeah. Now you're creating unity with the people. Yeah. That'll never happen. Yeah. That'll never happen. They're just going to constantly pin it against. I think he's a reflection of the country, honestly. He is. He embodies. Well, he embodies. Uh, shows the desperation. You know what I mean? Like, people are desperate for change. You know? Yeah. When I say reflection, that's what they're. You're desperate for change. That's how we end up with somebody like him where people are, you know, quote unquote, voting him in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how that happens. And, uh, you know, the people, uh, the people want change. Yeah. I, and that's, that's something that unifies the people, but the types of change that people want differ. Yeah. Some people want to return to, uh, to the good old days where, <laughs> where a boy knew. That if I'm coming down the sidewalk, you better get in the street. <laughs> you know, some people want that. They want that to come back. And then I think that there's some people who um who want a world where, and maybe not even a world, but we, we would like to think that this country, if any country, had the ability to uh, find the worth in people. And to make a society that was um, reflective of that idea that the people actually matter. Because every day, there's no sign that our lives individually uh, are that uh, consequential to uh, how uh, to life. You know, we... Most of us are given rather meaningless existences and we go to jobs where we're supposed to embody um, we're supposed to uh, to go here go to this job and we're supposed to become about the job we're yeah. supposed to you know uh, your job is uh, your life I wanted to 
I'm gonna take my work home with me, and all yeah. you know, because that's that makes be the you the worst saying I've ever. Like when I, you think about it, it's yeah, gonna be the worst. One. I don't even understand. Like that takes that, that takes a certain level of detachment from actual, real, and natural life. Yeah, you like you like like. There's this thing that they that that they have that you know. There's this path that that's been created, and they say this is life. Life is this thing where you become educated about something, you get a career in that thing, and then you stay with that thing for life. The thing about me is that, and I think this is indicative of many people you want to call conspiracy theorists or black sheep or whoever, <laughs> the people who, the people who are on the fringes. What happens to those people is they. They've never been able to just stay on the path that everybody else stayed on. Like, they can't do that because they still actually listen to natural inclination, to things that are solely uh, uh, ideas created um, from their own personal experience. They're trying to make their own path. Yeah. You know, and that's not... I think that those people tend to be um, happier and tend to have a certain care more so than a person whose life has already been scripted for them. Because then that person, I mean, they, I've, I've seen it. I've seen all kinds of people who it's, you know, you see an energy about them that is let, they want to almost let you know, like, I hate my life, and I'm just I'm just yeah. looking forward to this ending or something. <laughs> yeah, like that statement. Uh, I sleep when I'm in what six feet on whatever. It yeah, is. I'm like what? I'm not trying to wait till I die. <laughs> like I can't even like to have like to be in the mindset where you make that statement. Like you're gonna work yourself to death, and you worry about sleeping when you're dead. The 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 fact that the the Japanese people have. Uh, a name I forget what it's called. I think it starts with a K or something. But they got a name for what what it is when you literally work yourself to death. Really? It's so prevalent that they have a name for it. In Japan, is they have a name and a cele- like a celebration for the people who who died that way, who worked themselves to death. The Gosh. fact that that is happening anywhere in the world is letting you know that this inclination of I'm such a good worker that I'm willing to uh, risk my physical safety, risk others' physical safety, um, that that idea is widespread in the world because um, at the end of the day, it would seem that your basic function or somebody's idea for what your basic function is, is to be a worker. To work, procreate, have kids so they, so become, they can workers become workers and die. That's, so, that's... so that somebody somewhere, so that a very small percentage of people can actually live yeah. the lives that they want to live. Right. And in my estimation, my life cannot be successful if... I don't actively go towards the things that I believe I should. 
you know that's that's never uh, that's that's never really every time I think that I you know I because I think about my ventures sometimes and I'm like I'm an idiot for for even trying these things oh, I'm man, stupid I do for that. even <laughs> entertaining the idea that I could form a life that is bearable you know that <laughs> that's a crazy thought like. I think about things I'm doing and like projects like I'll take on and I'm like, sometimes I'm just like, man, I don't know. I mean, is there an end in sight? Like, am I going to be able to do this? And I'm just like, you just got to keep, you just got to keep going at some point. And, and I've done a lot of projects that have been unsuccessful. But at some point I'm going to do one that's very successful. That's how I feel about it. I feel like it's, it's my disposition is the reason why I'm going to win. Yeah. My disposition is that I am very, uh, I'm, I'm like an eternal optimist. You're relentless in life. I feel like I'm, I, you know, I feel like uh, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I feel that it's going to happen. And I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know when it is, but I feel like, I've I've learned the lesson of loss. I've learned the lesson of failure. Uh, you know, I think the ultimate lesson you learn from failure is the idea that failure is necessary to succeed. And uh, yeah, I, I I have to believe that. It's just it's just become who I am. You know, I, no, I think I think you're you know you're right there i think that's absolutely law failure is very essential i've failed plenty of times that's something i learned from donnie uncle donald trump (laughs) (laughs) so i learned from him i learned from uncle donnie well uncle donnie if we could only fit uh file for bankruptcy and be millionaires the next day we'd be all right you know listen he keeps taking hits yeah. Every time it looks like it's over for him, he figures out a way not to make it be over. He get he he <laughs> he still figured out how to be the president after he was talking about grabbing vaginas and stuff. Like we, you know what I mean? Like he's still he he's still here. I think that realistically, when we talk about why is this on the news, we're on the it's on the news. Because nobody here really understands how he's still the president. Nobody who's in no nobody who is uh, not in support of him understands how this is still conti- how like I hear I hear people say it. I just don't I just don't even understand how he's still the president. That's what people say. I, I used to say, remember when we had those clowns like showing up places? Yeah, yeah. I used to say it was right when we were, they were debating and stuff. I'd be like, "There's clowns in the streets and clowns at the podium." Yeah, that's what I felt like. Yeah. You know, like how is that even like? How do we? I ask people. I'm, I'm like, okay, you don't like Trump. Okay, well, how did we get here? Yeah. That's the real question. Like, doesn't matter. He's here now. He's, He's not here. going anywhere. You got to question how we got here. He's one of those cases where I think society can learn a great deal from him. They can they can learn that a tyrant can rise while 
while you're paying attention to some show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can, you you can be, you're just paying attention. You just why you, you know, it's the whole concept of reality television. I think reality television changed the way people watch things. Yeah, you know, and I was never big on reality TV because that when was I was the first one, the first one was probably what like MTV. They had yeah, uh, man, the real world. That's it. Yeah, the real world. The real world. I I yeah. think because I think that the dude, uh, yeah, I think his name is like Chris Abrego. He he was like instrumental from the beginning in this uh, in this new form of of what drama, what it, and. I think because I was a person like I used to love the real world. I did too. I used to watch it. <laughs> watch it I used to watch it and be like, "Man, I wish I could be in that house." And I was a kid though. Like I was a kid. Like I, I was gonna I was say like, because when I when it came on, I was like twenty. I was so like, you had to be you had to be like ten. Yeah, I was 10, young. 11. I was young, but I was really watching. Like I used to love. I mean, I didn't see the first Real World, no, but I saw I, the first one. I saw like. I saw like I don't remember who was on it. The but third or fourth one. Was it Dave Chappelle on one? No, no. He there was a guy who was on Half Baked who was on Oh, is that who I'm thinking I of? I forget yeah, like it was the dude it was the dude who was on uh the real world was in Half Baked. Okay. I remember because he I stood up. Get them to mix he up said, that. You went here for some for some marijuana? <laughs> And then Bob Saget stood up. It's a suck yeah. dick for coke. Yeah, that like that was um guy. He was like on like the one of the first real worlds, and I don't know when I started watching it. I I started watching it. And I was like, man, like all they do is like party, and they like I was young, but I was like, man, there's like hot girls there. Like, man, I want to be. I want. That's what I want to be. I want to be on the real world. <laughs> And then as time went on and uh, the years went by, I was like, oh, this is not actually real. Right. Which is why they have to tell you that this is the real world. They're telling you this because this is uh, actually, you know. And then when you hear, like, the stories of what people say later, like, you start to hear, like, oh, like, you had to reshoot certain things, like certain things would happen and they'd be like, all right, well, we're going to reshoot that. And so you start to see that reality television is like some sort of simulation of reality. It's a, it's showing you what you think reality is. We live in a world where there's a family on TV that literally is rich for being on TV. Yeah. That's yeah. the world we, we live in and they're idolized. What's scary is they're idolized by young girls growing up. Yeah. That's scary. You don't have that life. <laughs> you know, that's not reality. That's, that's, I don't know what that is. And, and they think that they, they try to be like those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they try to be them. They're like, I want to get a, I want to get my, I, get my stuff together like Kim. I want to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I want to have her well, body. I mean, you don't have the money to have Kim's body. Exactly. You just don't. Like you don't have it. Like well, you isn't don't... she part of Trump's council now? Is is that her thing? That she came in. She came in to talk to him about something. I know she said so, she Didn't she, she talked to him about or yeah. She talked to him about prison reform, yeah. which was something that I thought was pretty cool that yeah. you could go and talk to him if 
But I don't even like. What does that meeting really look like? What are you going to tell Donald Trump about prison reform and things that he doesn't doesn't already know? What are you going to say? Like it's just like a show. I'm pretty, so it means more now. And I'm going to say this to you, but the prisoners don't like it. What do you make (laughs) of Kanye? I don't know. There's a part of me I got. Some people, you know, they really like hate Kanye and stuff. It's like, I've, uh, I've always. Uh, I kind of want him as president. I've always liked Kanye because he's. Uh, first of all, he was very influential in how I I began making music and yeah. things like that. Like he, he was kind of like the prototype, kind of like, I guess some of what I do, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the type of person who hates people for opinions. No, you know what I mean. Like he, yeah. he has a personal opinion. I don't have to agree with his opinion in order to see his worth, and that you know that. But that's this world. This world is. Hey, say something wrong, and if you thought we loved you yesterday, we'll show you that we actually hate you. That's this world. That's what it does. It's crazy that you can you can somebody says something on, on Twitter and they can literally lose their job for some stupid thing they said in the middle of the night when they were, you know, I don't know, doing whatever drug they were on and, and they wake up the next day and they're unemployed. People could say, you know, I don't even think people like I don't think people should be uh, punished for even saying things that are like rate. Like you should, I don't think you should be fired because you have a opinion on something like race or something like that. Because in reality, that that's not just like, that's not just a white thing. Like I hear, I hear black people say crazy stuff about white people sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've heard, I've heard just as much ignorance on both sides that I understand that really what's at the core of it is, is like people feel these kinds of ways and you can't like it. We're trying to create a world where people are more open, you know, will will let you into them a little bit more. If we're going to have an open world, we have to understand that we're going to have to accept certain things about people that, uh, we're we're not necessarily comfortable with we're not we're gonna have to you know we in order for us to find any semblance of unity we're gonna have to find the worth in people who we may find disgusting yeah you know it's just similar to um but it's it, it it's similar almost to um one thing that I can always kind of equate it with is, is like I look at like things that have happened with like um, like the homosexual community and just you know there's certain people I was just listening to a story today and you know a woman was saying that when she had come out to her mom her mom told her well if that's how you're gonna be like you can't live here and stuff like that and you know the reality of it is this is why we all 
are closeted in certain ways mm-hmm. because when we expose certain things about ourselves um we become demonized by someone and we don't want that you know we don't want that headache um and we we don't want to be a uh, we don't want our characters to be assassinated um and we live in a world where i think it's becoming profitable to assassinate people's characters yeah like it's it, it you know let's shut this person down let's make it so that they don't have a way to let's try to make it so that they can't feed themselves because they made a mistake as if i was this person who never made a mistake what happened you saw the thing with the the girl uh well uh what's, uh, what's her name asia argento that that's um i saw that on the news feed or uh, she was uh supposedly got you know she was big in the me too movement and then it just came out that she might have had to pay somebody off pay a dude oh. off because uh something sexual when he was like a minor or something was was he was she married to it was like she was like anthony bourdain's uh, girlfriend girlfriend, that's right and um, yeah i saw i just saw that so yeah you so so it's that that's that's what i mean things come out of woodwork things come out of woodwork and you know what happens when the smear campaign kind of that goes into, you know, people who have done legitimately repulsive things. I get it. I understand it. But it's like, what happens when it happens to somebody who is close to that movement? What happens when that person becomes that? I, there are absolutely going to be people in that movement who will come to her aid and say she's one of us you know yeah. and then there'll be others who say no she lied and she's a hypocrite and she's i think oprah's like one of those like if like oprah these award shows i watch about 30 seconds of yeah, them man i can't even turn i can't on. stomach them i can't even people getting up and you know i just can't even take it but I always go, and for some reason, I'm walking through the living room at one of the, like, I can't walk through the living room when somebody's just making a speech and accepting the speech and walking off. <laughs> I always walk through the living room when it's like, Oprah's up there, yeah. or somebody's up there, and she's like, me too, and like, I'm going to be president. I'm like, so I'm like, okay. I'm like, I've heard rumors, you know, conspiracy rumors about Oprah. I was like, let's look up, let's look up. She's talking about Weinstein. I can in in two minutes I can bring up uh, ten pictures of Oprah kissing Weinstein on the cheek. Now there's one thing shaking somebody's hand, like that can be interpreted a certain way. Yeah, but you yeah. know, kissing somebody, kissing somebody—that's like a a, a a way of a, a certain way of showing somebody acceptance. Yeah. So I'm like, how are you gonna be up like? Me too, in and up, and like you know that kind of stuff, and then, you know, one of the biggest perpetrators that probably kicked off this whole kind of thing, and now you're you you know like you're kissing him on the cheek and stuff, like, and people go wild. They love Oprah. Yeah, you know, 
And the people, people legitimately, I think, love Oprah. Yeah, I think so too. People legitimately love a lot of these people. Yep. But the thing is, is when you give power to people to say who is it, who is acceptable and who is not, mm. who who is socially okay, and who is this person who has become this leper, this outcast, you know. The only thing that can come of that is that, you know, it comes back to people for their mistakes. Once you put yourself on this, on this, on this judgment, when you put yourself in this place of judgment and you say, oh, I'm the person without flaw here because I'm going to, now I'll be able to tell, I'll show I'll show the real perpetrators of, of, of. The, let's see who all the real flawed people are. It only makes sense that one day it comes back that you too are one of those flawed people, and in that moment, you'll hope for a compassion that you weren't willing to give to someone else. I'm not saying that people don't do nasty and vile things. I'm not saying that those people shouldn't be exposed for doing those things. And I'm not, it should be known that they do these things. But to try to end the person, first of all, you're probably only just making them some sort of a martyr for somebody. Because people love a redemption story. People love a story of a person who, you know, who, who reached the depths of life and who probably got to a place they were suicidal or something like that, and then they pull themselves back around and do something wonderful. That's what I hope. Yeah. I hope that all, all these people who, for whatever reasons, why they found themselves uh, scarred or whatever, and who, who abuse people and hurt people, I hope, in reality, that they can make some sort of a comeback and do something positive, and not to you know. In a lot of cases, a lot of these people are people who have done positive things. You know, just because you do something really messed up and heinous doesn't mean that you're not also capable of doing something um, uh, rather extraordinary. That's the that's the dichotomy in life. You we we can't. We can't just be like, oh, it's just one way. You're either good or you're bad. You put good into the world or you put bad. The real thing people need to get over is the fact that that's everybody. Everybody is putting positive and negative energy into this thing. That's what charges it. It's like a battery, (laughs) you know? What charges life is the positive and the negative. And when you get in this place, you start talking about you've removed yourself from any negative input in the world, I have no choice but to first look at you like you're suspect. Yeah. I have no choice. Yeah. And that's part of, you know, that's part of Trump. Trump is so sure and he's so sure of everything, you know what I mean? Like, he'll just, he just comes from the stance, I couldn't possibly be wrong. It's like, it's, it's like, ego, man. it's like, man, like you're you're creating a situation where the world is going to have to put you on blast because you, yeah, like 
you're you're saying you're making yourself out to be this pristine, perfect person. You you didn't do nothing wrong. All these women out here talking about you touched them and did all kinds of things. You didn't do nothing wrong. He's the ultimate drank his own Kool Aid guy. Yeah, you know he's you drank your own Kool Aid. The other day he said, or yesterday, I don't know if that was yesterday. I lose track of what days these things happen. But he said if if they impeach him and take and get rid of him, that the stock market would crash. I, I, I read that today. Is that today? He said no, that? I, read, I, I don't know if it was today, but I yeah. read that. I saw an article. Like he's, like he's that much in control. It'll, it'll be chaos. I can see him just Well, like when he that. was running for president. He was like, "Listen, we gotta get rid of these people that are controlling the stock market." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's why I don't. That's why I can't even get into it. That's why I can't even give it any legitimacy. At the, when I'm being real with myself, I know that it's some sort of weird game, and I'm like, you know I, what? I ain't even getting mixed up in it. Uh, you know, today was Thursday. We played basketball, so me and Mike were having our typical. Tuesday, Thursday after basketball conversation, yeah. and he's he's like Trump's in, he's in it to win it. He's he's behind him. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I just can't, I can't do it. I was like, I don't just, see it. I like, just don't he hasn't shown it. me anything. You, you know? have to show a level of compassion in my book in order to be even able to right. see that the the changes that we need. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to have any kind of realization of the changes. He doesn't have. He called NFL players sons of bitches. Yeah, but you know, you know what? Like, he also, <laughs> the reason, part of the other thing with that NFL thing is, he hates the NFL because he used to own a. Uh, the it's not the NFL. What no, he played the USFL. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they bankrupt the USFL. So that's part of that too. Like he. It's like now he's president. He's also trying to do a little, exact a little re- personal revenge. I believe that, that I'm sure that, that he's not the first one. No, but at the same time, absolutely, you know, this this Donald Trump we're talking about. I, I so, just like I, I can't. I, you can't tell. I can't get behind somebody who couldn't denounce outright violent white supremacists. Yeah. You know? Well, you can't like. There's like this this thing in conspiracy land that like 4d chess right like he's out strategizing the deep state or the dead i'm like a dude that makes these statements and that is exacting revenge from something that happened 20 years ago is not a person that can do 4d chess or do some out strategize the people that have been running the country for hundreds of years you know hundreds of years that's not a guy that's gonna do that I, they're gonna get. They're gonna do whatever they do with every president. They're gonna give him a couple little wins, a couple softball tosses, and then they're just gonna just so he can save face a little bit. Listen, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm. I hope I hope the reality is like he's just playing, like you said, four D chess. Like he's just I on some. Uh, he's just on some other level, and that one day. It comes out that he duped all of the people who were making the world bad, and yes. he was the reason why it started to turn around. I listen. I I just don't see where that's happening. 
I just I'd don't be see more than I happy just, to wipe the pie off my I face. I don't think that I'd that be happy dad. I don't think that that dude who does that is gonna be doing stuff like making fun fun of mentally challenged people and doing the kinds of things, just saying the kinds of stuff he does, and just like I just don't see it. But you know, at the end of the day, that's that's really the the, the point. You know what. What did he do next? That's the what, what. What's he done? That's the real question. Did he do uh, something different than yesterday? Is he? People are looking, I think, to see uh, are the people right? Uh, like, is, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it's when is when is it going to become apparent that he is uh, the this messiah figure? Well, that not only is, when become. is it going to become a messiah figure, but the problem, the problem, what will happen then is then all the people that said, "Oh, he he was, you know, told you so, right?" So now they're going to say, "Told you so, we're right." Well, that's still a problem because you're pretending that the other side of that was somehow the other person that opposed him was the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the that's the whole part of the a huge part of the problem. That that other person that opposed him was not the answer. I think we'd probably be for, we'd probably be worse somehow. We'd probably be worse off with her in this. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if it could be worse. I don't under that understand that whole train of thought. That like like you said, it's like, like the tribal thing. It's just like okay, it doesn't matter what she did or what she. It's kind of ironic, right? Like we hate Trump for you know a certain group hates Trump for how he treats women, how he treats people or, you know, that kind of stuff. But ironically, that the person they wanted to vote for was married to a person that got impeached for having an affair in office. That is ironic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Very ironic. Didn't say I'm going to divorce him. Uh, this is unacceptable behavior. Yeah, she she wrote it out. And she said, <laughs> she said <laughs> He said, I know Bill's a good man. He's a good dude. He just had a weak day. Yeah, he had a weak day. Let one get through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just had a weakness for, you know, interns. You know, it used knows. his power over a, a woman. You know what I mean? Like, you know. I mean, I I, I think with all of this, this, this is the reason why I can't ever get hung up in politics. And that's because I don't understand it. And I've never really talked to anybody who uh, concise understanding of how uh, how how politics uh, like like the deeper levels of politics. Like what what is this? Like are you it would seem to I think a lot of people who don't don't vote. We don't believe in the voting process. Anymore. Yeah, like we, yeah. we we've lost faith in it because, uh, to me, it's always been uh, choose your messiah thing. Yeah. Hey, who's gonna be the person who lead who who is gonna lead us into the new world? And at some point in time, I completely lost all faith in that concept that there's gonna be this guy who gets voted into the presidency. And he's going to be the one. 
Yeah. They keep on talking about the one, the one, the one. When is he coming? So what, it's the next it going one. to be? It's always the next one. It was Obama. Yeah. I don't think anybody said it was George Bush. No. <laughs> there, no, do you find some people? Yeah, there was some people. There was some people. There was definitely some people. Couldn't complete a sentence, but. There was some people. I mean, you notice that, like, right? So we're talking about how eloquently Obama spoke. But you like Bush was the exact opposite, right? Like, yeah, he was like couldn't like sentences sometimes he didn't finish, and like he'd say the wrong thing, and just was, like I don't know. I remember hearing my dad say he was like George W. Bush is the kind of guy like he felt like he could have a beer with, because yeah. realistically, like he wasn't real, like completely articulate. He wasn't right. real, like. He was just like a guy. He was like, uh, you know, he, he 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 said some. Don't get me wrong. I don't want no beer with him. I don't even drink beer. <laughs> I don't drink beer either. I don't want a beer with him. But at the same time, like my dad, my dad yeah, is I like get a, I get what he's saying. My though. dad is a he's a like a Fox News convert. So I guess no, but I get what he's saying. It makes though. sense. But he is like he's this type of he's like a everybody's guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's like the average Joe guy. You know, like, he's, just, he's just he's he's everybody. He's an every man's guy because he's like incredulous and doesn't know what's going on. He's like, like he's just like oh uh, what? Did like, you ever watch Cheers? No. Oh man, you're 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 younger than me. I see, I, mean, I remember, remember Norm from Cheers. He was I, that dude that was always at the bar and just was kind of like like just there. I kind of, I think I know who you're talking about, though. I seen, I remember seeing, <laughs> I remember seeing the, the, every time that I saw it was coming on, I'd be like, oh, find another thing, find another yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, it's. People it's, at the bar, I was a kid. Well, yeah, I was older. I was, it was like, well, I was 20 probably when I was watching that. He said, that. what, you want to go, you want to go where the people know your name? Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Ted oh, Danson and like. Forget what the other the the woman's name was. In time, in time, I'm becoming completely opposite to that. I want to go places where don't nobody know my name. Yeah, yeah. So you can know my name. I don't want to. I don't. I'm sick and tired of knowing the pe- knowing the people who knew my name. <laughs> they ain't really seem to care much. Well, you know how you were saying like I, I don't know. That was a couple episodes. You were like I, there was a time where I wanted to move out of the country. Like the older I get, yeah, that's, the older that's I really get, not know your name. Like the older you, I get, the closer I get to here. Feeling, I feel that way more and more, because it's just embarrassed by. It. I think a lot of people think that I'm unpatriotic. Like a lot, like some people feel that way about me. They might think think that about me, and they might be somewhat correct, because yeah. the truth of the matter is, is that was. Well, First of all, it's never the fact that I, you know, I don't hate, I don't hate the country. It's 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 never anything like that. No, it's just the idea that I have to be critical of it because first and foremost, I come from a lineage of people who tell a particular story about America. I I come from people who I you know I'm partly Native American, so there's that aspect, you know I'm partly uh by a bunch of things, but you know the black experience in this country frames this country in a particular way because when you have a such a blatant um 
a blatant continuation of oppression, um, you start to see that it's not just black people. You start to see that there's all kinds of people here being oppressed. And there doesn't really seem to be a system at play that would like to alleviate that oppression. So until I see that thing pop up, I have to look at this skeptically and say, hey, uh, why, why don't you care that you're oppressing people? Why, why, like, why, why, if you're a more, if your moral fiber, uh, is more substantial than the rest of the world, why don't you care? Why don't you care that these people are in the street homeless? Why, why don't you care that you create these inner cities where you create human beings who, uh, can become so bloodthirsty and I don't even want to say bloodthirsty, but in situations like Chicago, you got people who've become so desensitized to life that, you know, we have situations like we said with the over, over the, what was that two weekends ago? Yeah. And 60 some people died, you know? No, I think I don't think shot. that. Yeah, they, they were. Shot. It was gun, just, there was gun, gun related, gun related right incidents. Here. I don't but know still, how many died. Doesn't I mean, matter. And it's wild because yeah, it's not like you, I don't think that they got shot with the intention of just. <laughs> was it accidental? It wasn't. It's like oh, I did exactly what well. I just shot him in the leg. That was all I wanted to do. Yeah. No, these five people probably shooting at you and want to kill you. One of them bullets hit you, so it's like we created this kind of situation. And with no alleviation of that in sight. Yeah. Just going to continue to let it be this way. Just, just going to continue to do money the way that you do and have and have it so where these people, these are, these are resource battles. They're not, you know, these aren't, you know, it's very, uh, it's not really complicated. It's, you, you create a place, uh, and, and, and where it's fundamentally based off scarcity and people come from a, a scarcity standpoint and you're going to create people who will literally kill each other to try to uh, uh, better their situation. So until somebody, until some president comes up and says he's trying to alleviate the world of many of its ills i don't have no time to listen to you because there are people who aren't the president of any country or anything there are people in this world who are actively trying to bring about a better world and i gotta get with those people when when a president gets up there and i believe his energy and i believe that that's his direction he wants to try to bring about a better world for my grandchildren I'll I'll get with that, but yeah. until that time, I I'm more focused on the people who are actively trying to to bring about that world now. Yeah, we need we need action, not words. Yeah, we I'm, need we need we we need when you say when you're trying to get voted in and you say you're going into the middle into the inner city and you want and you're talking about what you see and and how you want to make changes. And since you've been voted in, you haven't said one word about it or done anything about it. 
words don't matter. Actions yeah. matter. Your words mean nothing. And that's for whoever president. That's not just Donald yeah. Trump. That's no, not, that's not exactly. even just the president. That's whoever, yeah. whatever political person you are. If you saying a bunch of empty words and the content and the situation is continuing, and I start to pick up on the fact that your energy says that you don't even really care, I have no more time for you. I just, I just don't have time for you. The world is filled with people who, uh, who are, who are actually about. Uh, trying to trying to trying to turn this thing around and try to bring about the world that we all know that we deserve. It's that whole Messiah thing that we always come back to with the Messiah complex. We just gotta stop. If we stop putting so much emphasis on them and make and not caring about what they do, even though it affects us greatly, but still, just not making where it's such an importance. And we start taking it into our own hands and doing things that we need to do ourselves. It, it the importance of them fades away, and, and in a way where, like we were saying, the presidency doesn't really matter. Who's president doesn't matter, but those people that are are making the decisions don't matter then, because now we're taking it in our own hands and we're doing, we're making changes ourselves. It's not obviously easy. It's hard to do. No, if you can't, if we can't vote on policies, and we're voting people in that don't give a shit about how we feel about policies, obviously it's going to be hard. So we have to figure out. We have to become innovative and figure out how to make that change. And it's just it's going to take take time. It's going to take the right people. But that's also why you know why I think places like Baltimore are so important. There's people that live there that are in that situation under different circumstances would would be those people that make the change. Yeah. And we have to help them instead of them going and going outside their house and feeling like there's no way it's too overwhelming to, to get to that place. I guess is what I'm trying to say. We have to we have to make changes there, so those people can now make changes other places. You wanna you wanna show people that you care. Yeah. Go deal with the the water crisis in Flint or yeah. something. Go go try. To, don't don't get on the television talking about you you worried about something going on on the other side of the world. Yeah. Figure out what's going on here, because if we don't figure out what's going on here. Um, none of this can survive. You want to make America great again? Start in America. Start with the Americans. <laughs> Start, Start with the America. people who live here. Make you right. You damn right. Make America great again, or make America as great as possible. I don't know if it was ever great before. Most of the time, when you say that as a black man, that makes me think that you're probably talking about some time where people were getting hung up on trees and stuff. So. If you want to make America, forget that again, Make if you want to make America great, you got to deal with the problems of America. Because yes. if you're just going to cater to the parts that have already been dealt with, you can't make something great like that. When I play basketball, if I can't shoot jumpers, that means that I have to go practice shooting jumpers. If I can't, if I can't dribble, I have to practice dribbling. I have to actually deal with the weakness. I have to deal with that weakness. 
and I'm in, I've seen in the years that I've been alive, I've seen no evidence that people actually care about, well, not even people, but the people in politics actually care about approaching the weakness. No, you're wrong. Because you know what? They care about it when they want to use it to make a point. That's, That's true. The only time they care about it. That's true. They do care about it when it's when it's uh, when it's advantageous. But That's if it. you it, you you have to really care about the people yes. who are affected by these situations in order to actually make the type of change that is necessary in order to make this place great. I challenge anybody to drive through Baltimore, drive through Philadelphia, drive through Detroit drive through Chicago, not talking about the north side of Chicago. We're talking about the the south side of Chicago. Go live in Chicago, in the south side of Chicago for a week, and you tell me that America is on a ascending trend. Because you, you're going to find out that you're going to have a completely different view. You've got to get past the fence of your backyard. Because you got to look past that fence because there's things going on. You can't imagine that there has to be so much corruption going on in those cities. Where's the money going for these cities, for these people that I just, I don't understand it. I don't, I mean, I understand it. It's going to people's pockets, politicians pockets, and they're, they're made, they're leaving far richer than they ever came into to politics. I, I do know, I, but how do we stop it? I guess and it's just, it's just, it, it, I just get so irritated. Not, it's not even a strong enough word. I don't know what a strong enough word is. But, but your, but your irritation, um, your irritation actually brought about something in reality, yes. and that's the thing that is, that's the thing I respect more so than anything. He's not. Rob's not the president of the United States. He's not some sort of career politician or somebody, but he saw that he could try to make a change with his with with, with his nonprofit. And you know, I've been watching him develop it and the fact that, you know, he you know, it's not like he has a government at his disposal. No. But he still is figuring out a way to make changes in the communities that need it. We that all- makes you more powerful in some ways than a than than a president or somebody. Not of course that of course uh, you know that's not power from the standpoint of like military standpoint but powerful from the standpoint of can you enact change in the world around you can you see where certain things you know he saw he went down to Baltimore and saw that something needs to be done and he didn't leave it up to somebody else to do it that's the change we need in the world that's 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 how the people change the world we we can't wait on messiahs and presidents and things like that because those people are living in a different existence than we are they don't care about our problems circles they lived in or what circles they were in before they became president because it's not like all of a sudden they're going to change the circle of people they're around because of president 
and they're going to help the circle of people they they they're around not the not the average joe not the you know whoever whoever you want to think of but it's just there's a reason why corporations are so powerful and it's because you know you know that Monsanto I was talking about? Yeah, yeah, Monsanto. Whatever. Yeah, I don't like, yeah. The guy that ran Monsanto is now in charge of the FDA. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's like one of those. I mean, come on. It's like a bad joke. It's hilarious. It's like, this I guy, mean, him, this guy, Mr. GMO, this guy, he's yeah. he's and head of this. Not only that, but Bear, the company Bear. Like they're basically doing, they, I don't know what they do, but they bought Monsanto not that long ago. This is fairly recent. So you know what's going to happen to that poor dude that just sue him and thinks he won three hundred twenty million dollars? I guarantee you, two months from now, they're going to you're going to find out that Monsanto, that Bear basically took all the assets from Monsanto, everything they wanted, and just filed bankruptcy oh, on their part and that dude won't see one see second. that's some that's so deep that i can I, w- I wouldn't even be able to think that something like that could happen but 100 that, that's see that that's what i mean you can't keep leaving it in the hands of these corporations and keep leaving it in the hands of these people who don't have no vested interest in your life and you will see the world that they create for us it's only the people that can create the world that we want. Yeah. It's only up to us because nobody else cares. They don't. They don't care, and we and we can keep playing. It's kind of like uh, being in an abusive relationship. It's yeah. like you yeah. keep you keep getting abused, and you keep making up these excuses for why the person actually loves you in some way or something. That oh, I know that they care about me. Until one day, it becomes evident that they don't care about you. And I think once we come to grips with the fact that we are being uh, manipulated by people who are using our uh, our our lives to 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 enact the reality that they would like to 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 put on the earth, the quicker we understand that that's going on the quicker we can get around to uh trying to trying to do things for us cuz you know we really are all that we have we don't have there's nobody else but the people to we, to bring about change in this world that we, we have want. to help the young people people in Baltimore for sure us uh, we just have to help them we have to show them that people care about them i mean it's not just the young people but young people are far more you know, impressionable, obviously. The we young? have to show, show that the outside world, because that, to me, when I look down there, it's like a different country. Yeah. It's like it's not the same place. And we have to show that the outside, not the outside world, but the outside rest of the country actually cares about what goes on there. I can't imagine growing up there, being a kid, it's hard enough nowadays, but to like go to, to wake up every day and be like, hey, nobody, nobody cares about cares. me. Uh, they let me live in this situation. They let me live in this constructed situation yeah. where the likelihood of me dying or going to jail is extremely high, and they, they they're gonna put police here to try to funnel me into a system. Like it's 
that's what I mean. It, it's not. You're right. The young people do need to know that. But I definitely see where with the older folks, they really they. Not yeah. only do they like it's an idea to the young folks that they don't care about them. Mm-hmm. It's a reality to the older people that they don't that nobody cares and yeah. that nobody's really That's coming true. to get right. them. Like nobody is. So it's like you just. You just right. get a cow. You just get that callous mentality of I, this must be all I'm worth. Yeah. I must just be really just nothing. That self worth and that every any time that we see anything going on in society, whether that be mass shootings or people or opioid and heroin crisis and all this stuff, all this stuff gets back to the idea of we have to let people know that they are worth something because the world can easily teach you that you're not worth much that's an easy that's an easy realization on a bad day uh when everything is going wrong yeah you know so you know we we need we need first of all we need to tune out need to tune out all of this Trump coverage. Stop right. worrying about what's going to happen Turn with off him. the TV. It's going ha- whatever's going to happen with Trump is going to happen. Yeah. You watching it don't have like well, it has no consequence. They will never impeach him because they will lose all news revenue. That'll be the end. And <laughs> what are they going to do? What There's are they going to the talk about? Well, right, exactly. But what are they going to talk about? They, I mean, Mike Pence. That uh, and that's the whole another issue. I don't even know him. If if you if this is a dude that basically holds Sunday uh, service, holds like a Sunday service or like a church service in the White House, which hasn't been done in years. First off, and only the men are allowed to reads from the bible during this service well, that's because the they, women have to sit and listen well that's because he was raised right and yeah. he was raised in a good home and they learned <laughs> that women are to be seen so be, and not heard be careful what you wish for so you may think that he's a trump's a crazed maniac and whatever you want to think but get pence in there man you, you don't even know i'm waiting for pence he's far more controlled this conspiracy too obviously is far more controlled person one thing about trump is one thing i do think they don't like him because they can control him to a certain point but he's one of those people that just goes off the handle you don't know what he's gonna say you know, nothing about and they don't like that say. part and you know that's that's that, that is true but um yeah, I think uh, I got to get up. I got to get up and work tomorrow. Oh, so I might as well. Uh, we might as well try to wrap this up. A long but, day tomorrow. But do you got uh, you, you have anything to, to say in closing? Uh, no, just keep keep up. Keep up the, the fight and keep looking in the mirror because the person in the mirror is the person that's going to make the biggest change. Stop turning, looking at the TV. Cause the TV, there's nobody there that's going to do anything. Look in that mirror. And think about what you can do. That's the truth. If you you want to be constructive about your life, find find the Donald Trump inside of you. <laughs> Look in the like mirror that. and find the Donald Trump in you. And if you don't like Mr. Trump, 
Stop trying to make your way away from those things that you find in yourself because you aren't ever going to be able to change Donald Trump, but you can damn sure change yourself. That's so, very uh, true. You can change yourself, and that's the beauty of life. And uh, with that, you know, we'll say good night, and uh, we'll be back next week with um, something new. Thanks um, for listening. Later. <laughs>